0: slang from the virginia state golf association and welcome to this episode of the vsj's golf in the commonwealth podcast it's dominion energy charity classic week at richmond's country club of virginia as the charles schwab cup playoffs will get underway on the club's james river course on friday one of the 72 competitors in the event northern ireland's darren clark was kind enough to join us for a quick interview as he continues his preparations for the event here's a quick primer to get you caught up on the pga tour champion season thus far New Zealand's Stephen Alker, who was featured in the September-October issue of Virginia Golfer Magazine, if you haven't had a chance to check that out, enters the playoffs atop the Schwab Cup point standings. The top five players have all accumulated at least 2 million points this season. Alker is followed by Padraic Harrington, Steve Stricker, Jerry Kelly, and Miguel Angel Jimenez. Rounding out the top ten in the standings are Ernie Els, Bernhard Longer, Tongchai jai Stephen Ames, and Steve Flesh. Clark who this summer captured the senior open title of Glen Eagles to become the fourth player in history to win an open and senior open, is ranked 13th in the Schwab Cup standings. Do you know who the other three players to win both the open and senior open titles are? We'll answer that quick bit of trivia after the interview with Clark. After the Dominion Energy Charity Classic, the top 54 players in the point standings advanced to the Timber Tech Championship in Florida in two weeks. The top 36 players remaining after that event reached the Charles Schwab Cup Championship in Arizona. Longer is the defending Charles Schwab Cup points champion. I spoke with Darren on the patio at Kinlock Golf Club in Richmond on a Monday morning, so expect some ambient noise during the conversation. As part of his duties as brand ambassador for the Abaco Club in the Bahamas, he spends time playing golf with prospective members. That's exactly what he was getting set to do on Monday. Here's a quick bit of info on Darren. He's won three times on the PGA Tour, 14 times on the European Tour, and four times on the PGA Tour Champions. He won the Open Championship in 2011 to become Champion Golfer of the Year, and he did it in style, posting rounds of 68, 68, 69, and 70 to finish three strokes clear of Dustin Johnson and Phil Mickelson. During his long career, Clark recorded seven top 10 finishes in majors, including two other top five finishes at the Open Championship. He's been as ranked as high as eighth in the world. Clark turned 54 in August and is seeking to continue his strong play this week in Richmond. Let's get right to our conversation with Darren Clark. All right, Darren, thanks so much for joining us today here on the, on the podcast, and I um, wanted to talk to you a little bit about the uh, w- which what you're here for initially, mm-hmm. the uh, club ambassador for the Abacol Club. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about the club and uh, why it's so special to you.
1: Well, the club um, opened in November 2004, um, originally by uh, a gentleman, an English gentleman called Peter Savra. He was the original developer down there. Um, and... Um, I knew him through, he had other properties around the world. Um, one Bova Castle down in, um, down in England, then Skeba Castle up in Scotland, and then Carnegie Abbey up in Rhode Island, and a few other different bits and pieces and I opened one of the nine holes for him up at Scuba Castle called the Monk's Walk. Just got to know him really well, and then in um, 2004, two thousand four said, you've got to come and take a look at our place down in the Abaco Club, uh, in the Bahamas. and. Um, Down took a look, look at it, fell in love with it straight away, and we um, we bought our first place there in March 2005, and we've been there ever since. And um, you know, it's it's um, the most beautiful place, It's the golf course is not a resort golf course; it's a championship golf course with facilities that are second to none. There's a two and a half mile horseshoe beach, which is stunning. You've got some of the best saltwater fly fishing in the world right there as well. the club is, um, I would call it understated luxury, where nobody really nobody cares who you are, what you do, or whatever, and everything's very relaxed and very chilled. Yet at the s- same time, um, it's a five star property, and it's a members uh, only no hotel on site. Um, if you want to come down, you've got to um, apply our, our request, and Christy over there will we'll, you know, say, Yeah, and nah, F, we're full, what, whatever. And people come down and some people actually get it and some people don't. It depends what you want. If you want to get away from the world and just be somewhere, which is absolutely stunning. It's one of the best places in the world. And I've been fortunate with my career and my job to be in a lot of those places around the world. And the one place I want to go is the Abaco Club. You know, my kids have been there since they were about this high, They're now 23 and uh, 24 and 21. And um you know even as they were teenagers and what have they kept saying when are we going back to the Abaco club when are we going back and uh, you know that says everything about the club it's it's a very special place and a very fortunate lucky to be the
0: ambassador for the
1: club Excellent.
0: and there's a reciprocal relationship with the uh, creighton farms is they have correct? they have
1: a few they have creighton farms they have renaissance um, they have one over in scotland called maca dunes they have what's the other one christy willabend, willabend as well so um, it's the Southworth Group which they're their they're current owners and they're doing a wonderful job with um, Elevating everything uh, at all their clubs and especially with us down in Abaco You know, they're they're pouring a lot of money in it to make it the development that they dream of it being and that's to the benefit of all, of all of us homeowners down
0: there. Nice. Well, shifting gears a little bit to your competitive play this mm-hmm. year um, One of four players now to have won both the, mm-hmm. the Open and Senior Open mm-hmm. Championship just kind of take us through that week this year and what made it so special.
1: Yeah, well, um,
0: when I was growing up and, and playing, i
1: I had to pick my choice of one major, it would have been the Open Championship. Any of them would have been fine, or more than one would have been fine. But to win the Open, that was the one I always wanted to win. And when I turned 50, the one that I wanted to win more than any other tournament was the Senior British Open, so I would have both. And uh, I managed to achieve that this year in the Eagles. And uh, as you said, I'd be the fourth, fourth person to do it. In history is, um, you know, it's humbling. Um, a lot of people have tried to do it before and haven't quite managed to do it. And I was lucky enough that I've got both jugs sitting in the Trump house at Royal Portrush Rush back home in Northern Ireland.
0: We figured out how many beers you can fit in, uh, in, in the, in the jug. <laughs> you know,
1: I never put any alcohol on either ah.
0: jug. Okay,
1: I had lots of alcohol sitting around it, all around on <laughs> both jugs, but never had anything actually
0: in the jugs. Um. What's the, you, you, on the PGA Tour Champions now what, mm-hmm. what's kind of the biggest difference between the life on the PGA Tour versus life on the Champions Tour
1: um, I think the public perception I think people see the scores that, that we have and think that we play golf courses that are 6,500 yards long flags in the middle of the green and greens running at 9 or 10 The it couldn't be further from the truthful play usually 71 to 72 hundred yards long. Greens, if they're four off the left on PGA Tour, they're five off the left on the Champions Tour. Uh, Greens run between 12 and 13 every week on the stint metre, and it's a stern test, and it's it's three rounds, it's a sprint. The big difference that we would have is, obviously, we're a little bit shorter golf courses, but our rough, usually, is not quite as severe, because the guys haven't got the same amount of club head speed, obviously, as what the guys in the main tour do. But it's still a very strong, stern challenge that we've got, and you know that a lot of the guys that come out that just come out it takes them a while to adapt to to go from course management course strategy for four rounds than it is the three rounds. doesn't sound like much but you know if you shoot a level power round basically you're out of the tournament you, you can't afford to do that so it's a whole different mentality and uh, on the main tour maybe you would have hit away from some flags and, and play it safe you can't afford to do that in the championship you've got to go after it and you know you see rounds like like freddie couples yesterday shooting, shooting 60 and stuff and I mean, that's an unbelievable score to shoot that around there and um, you know that's the type of golf that you have to play if you want to win in the championship
0: what's the camaraderie like on that tour
1: yeah camaraderie is great we, we've all we know everybody knows each other um we've been trying to beat each other all for for now on 30 years so um you know we, we all know each other it's very relaxed it's very chilled up until friday morning and then the tournament professional golf kicks back in and all of us so you know the atmosphere is brilliant um PGA Tour, Miller Breeder, our boss in the Champions Tour does a wonderful job with, with giving us the opportunities to play um, all over America on, on some great uh, golf courses with great sponsors and, and great uh, great tournaments, so you know when we're all post 50 and still doing what we've enjoyed most of the time <laughs> speaking through experience, but easy to enjoy when you're playing well than it is whenever you're not but we still get frustrated, the range is busy the guys are working their ass out because they want to win
0: um <laughs> on the mental side of the game I know that you work with uh, Dr. Bob mm-hmm. a decent amount we get mm-hmm. to actually see him on the playing side mm-hmm. in some of our championships mm-hmm. um, what, what's the best piece of advice that, that you've got from Dr. Bob from
1: Doc yeah from probably now if all time I was going to actually call him there said I haven't spoken to Doc for a while but need to um, you know the week before I won the um, Open Championship at uh, Rawls and George's we were playing the Scottish Open up and uh, Castle Stewart well up north Northern Scotland and I played really well and um, was getting very frustrated and uh, hitting the ball really well but scoring not, scoring not so good and got down to St George's that week and met him on Wednesday afternoon and I was still I was flushing and I'd hitting the ball really well but not scoring very well and Dr Bob uh, we spent an hour and a half in the putting green on that Wednesday afternoon and he sort of cleared my head and got me back into trying to enjoy the game and when I was going out in the last round on Sunday walking to the first tee, he was with me on the putting it just it was a little short walk onto the first tee, and he said he says no matter what happens go out and enjoy it and he said to me he said if you're if you're unflappable you're unstoppable so uh, my mindset was that he had turned my mindset into being so poor into being so not caring which is his whole mantra um you know if you care too much you you get your own way and um he certainly helped me an unbelievable amount that week and got me out of my own way. And just let me go and play.
0: You know, what makes him so good at what he does?
1: I think it's everything about him. You know, it's Doc's demeanor. It's who he is as a person. You know, Doc is he can he's, a, he's obviously a very intelligent man, but he can also laugh at himself. And um, you know, he understands. Uh, professional golfers don't think there's been anybody else that's spent as much time with professional golfers in his field of expertise than dr bob and um his his words sound simple yet they carry a great deal of weight and it's very easy to fall very easy to let golf sort of high high level indeed any level of golf to to put so much emphasis on outcome and he tries to take that away outcomes obviously very important but his uh, his method and his thought process makes outcome less important and if you can place less importance on it invariably that's where you play your best
0: shifting gears to the uh, tournament this week the Dominion <coughs> Energy Charity Classic here in Richmond um, you know what is it that makes this tournament special for the for the players it's continually voted voted as one of the, yeah. the players favourites well uh, the golf course is
1: wonderful and um, you know it's a great golf course in that it gives you opportunities if you play well you can score around here if you don't play well you can take you can make high number very very easily um some courses are a little bit more generous should we say maybe off the tee or whatever but this one demands all aspects of your game to be in um uh, in really good shape and i think it's that you know the the support from the fans we get big crowds this week and um any week any week you do get that that makes the atmosphere better we we use we've done that for years and years and years of playing in front of big crowds that's what we do and um you know the atmosphere they get out there um at, at the country club is, is is wonderful it's really it makes it a really enjoyable uh, enjoyable week with it on a great golf course in usually in impeccable
0: condition it even set up, uh, right there on the
1: patio here okay perfect thank you all
0: um, what, what stands out to you about the golf course of the CCB?
1: Um CCV gives you, you know, the, the power fives are no you've you, you, you If you want to, yeah, obviously I have, if you're going at the, um, at the sixth, you know, you got to have the water on the right. Um, nine is, if you go in the wrong tier, you're going to struggle. It, it gives you opportunities. 18 is a brilliant finishing hole. 16, you should be reaching and giving yourself opportunities. But, um, you know, it, it gives you opportunities, but at the same time, you go to the um, uh, fourth, the par three. Anything pulled there at all, you're in the water. You're making a double. It's you gotta mix. You gotta really focus on the balance between being aggressive yet at the same time being smart. Sure. How do you feel like your game is in shape right now <laughs> heading into the stretch? Ah. Um, uh, my game's pretty average now at the moment. I've been working so hard on it but it's not quite it's not quite where I want to be. And uh, you know, I've been sending 10, 12 hour days just hitting hitting balls, working, working, working and nothing's really clicking at the moment. But that's golf at times, you know. I go on to the range this week and something may click and then hopefully have a good week. I like the golf course and it's always easier to play well on a golf course you like than one that maybe you, you don't like. Um, so hopefully um, another couple of days, really good hard work, and um, figure something out, and start hitting it a little bit better. What keeps you guys going at this stage of your career? Winning, trying yeah. to win. Mm-hmm. We are, uh, we're all competitors, um, and there's nothing that um, can replicate the the feeling of being under pressure on the back nine on a Sunday trying to win a tournament. That's why we do it for that's why we put the R's in. Still to this day, that's you're competing against. Not only are we competing against Hall of Famers, some of the best players that have ever played the game, but we're also competing against ourselves and seeing how we measure up whenever we're under pressure. And winning any tournament is challenging. Should it be an amateur tournament? Should, be, should it be your your member guest? Should it be anything? Winning any tournament brings on pressure and brings on nerves. and um, you want to figure out how you're going to deal with
0: it? <coughs> no, real quick. Um, about... Uh, <coughs> You went to College of Wake Forest for a year, correct? For a little bit, yes. Yeah, there's obviously a huge Virginia connection mm-hmm. to, to that school mm-hmm. with, with a lot of really good players have come uh-huh. out of it so Yes. what was it about Wake Forest that you really liked? Oh I just loved
1: Wake Forest unfortunately the coach didn't love me at the uh-huh. time so we had a little bit of a disagreement but Wake was a wonderful school um, the golf program was brilliant um, my really good friend there a guy called Owen O'Connell who um, we played golf for iron together and stuff when he was there and were the number, number one in the NCAA's whenever I went there and um, I really really enjoyed my, my short uh, period of time there I wish it had been longer and um, but I went back home and turned pro almost immediately and you know. it hasn't worked out too bad.
0: Yeah, Any uh, real great, great memories of amateur golf?
1: Um, shit, I can't remember what I did yesterday, <laughs> never mind all those years ago. Um, but I, you know, I was, um, I got pretty decent at golf pretty quick so a lot of my all my amateur stuff was all tournaments, tournaments, tournaments the whole time from a very young age. So, um, you know, my, my amateur stuff, and I was, I was fortunate in my amateur stuff because I won quite a few big tournaments as well so that in myself prepared me for getting out better uh, whenever I did get the, on the tour um, because no matter what tour you're playing and um, the, the standard is high it's much higher than people would actually imagine. I, I got into the habit of winning as an amateur and I think I genuinely believe that stood me as good, in good stead for coming out it's very hard to you know have a great amateur career but maybe not win enough and then go out in the tour and expect to have success that's that's quite difficult so I was I was one of the lucky ones
0: alright well best of luck to you this weekend. Thank, uh, thank you very much you've got some golf to get to yeah. so yeah, yeah, thanks, yeah. thanks for your you're welcome Again, we thank Darren for his time on this episode of Golf in the Commonwealth. For more information on the Dominion Energy Charity Classic, head to PGATort.com backslash champions to find the leaderboards, starting times, ticket info, and more. And if you're out at CCV on Sunday, come say hi to members of the VSJ staff. We'll be hanging out in the Wine Garden area of the fan zone. Oh, and that bit of trivia from earlier in the episode, Clark joins Gary Player, Bob Charles, and Tom Watson as the only players to have won both an Open Championship and Senior Open Championship. Pretty good company there. That'll do it for this episode. Thanks for listening. And until next time, so long.